Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. First movement here at Journey Church, we have a Sunday uh, every year where we cast a vision. We make a, a, a declaration over our year and what God is going to do in our lives and the focus for our lives for that year. And prayer and putting prayer in its proper place in our life was what we declared that it would be. And let me wave your hand if you got the wristbands on. You got the pray first wristbands on. All right. If you'd like one, we ran out. But we ordered more and they should be in next week. We hope. We pray. We'll see. If not, the week after. And they'll be in the lobby just regularly and you can grab one for you or for a friend uh, on your way out next week or the week after. And when I say pray first, what, what I mean is that we have decided that we are no longer going to pray solely reactively. That is praying because something happened in our life that triggered that prayer. But instead, we are going to pray proactively, said differently. I want to be a part of a church that prays even if they don't have to. Sometimes life leaves you no other option but prayer. But what if we prayed when we didn't have to? What if we weren't forced to by the circumstances of life? Now, if you're a first-time guest, you're probably thinking, well, prayer is a little advanced for me, and I'm not really sure. I'm not really about it. I don't really know how to connect. I just came here to find out if there's a God, because I'm not even really sure about that. And if that's you, let me encourage you. If you came here to find out about the Lord and if he's real, don't get it from me. Talk to the man himself. That's the beauty of prayer. That, that you, can, you can go into God's presence for yourself and hear what he has to say. And if we can teach you to pray, church, you can speak to God yourself. Get the confirmation you need yourself. Get the blessings you need yourself. And even if you are a Christian, prayer is such an important tool in your tool belt. There are a lot of people who are sons and daughters of God who still have not learned how to communicate with God. You know, you can be a son and daughter of God and still miss out on that communication. Jason and Jody, Jason is our worship director here, have a son, his name is Jaden, he's the cutest. Um, I call, I didn't invent the word, but I, a couple of us call him Pooh, because Winnie the Pooh Bear. So, so Pooh for that and for no other reason. That's why we call him Pooh, and he's just the cutest. And he laughs a lot, and he's funny, and sometimes he'll cry, loudly. And we were at a restaurant, and he was just letting it out, man, just wailing. And that doesn't, Pastor Liz and I don't get embarrassed. We had little kids. We know what that's like. Um, so, but, you know, you can tell Jason was getting a little, like, you got to calm down. Get the pastors here. Relax. They're going to think, they're going to think we're bad parents. <laughs> and then he leaned over to his son, uh, Jaden, and he said, okay, I know you're crying. I know you're sad. He looked at me. He said, but use your words. Use your word. Tell me why you're crying. Tell me how I can alleviate this pain. Use your words. And I think sometimes we cry to our father. And he's like, listen, baby, use your words. Why are you crying? Why are you sad? Why are you downcast? Why are you hurting? Why are you feeling weak? Why do you feel lonely? Why are you empty? Use your word. Don't just cry. Communicate. Now, the beautiful thing about God is that he has the ability to interpret tears. So if you've got nothing but tears, he'll translate. But you do have words. And the more we use them, the more we can tap into an aspect of God that is not only beautiful and beneficial, but absolutely necessary to live the Christian life. So if you have a Bible, we're going to jump into a brand new series. And I told you I was going to preach on prayer a lot this year. I said it. I said it. I said it. We already did one series on prayer in January. Guess what this series is going to be about? Prayer. Finances. I'm just kidding. Prayer. Just <laughs> making sure you pay attention. It's going to be about prayer, 100% about prayer. And you know what? It's not the last series that we do on prayer. I think I might preach on prayer again in two months and then preach on it again in four months. This year, I have committed. This is not going to be the year our church grows the most in attendance. I don't care. This is going to be the year your relationship with God grows the most. That's the only thing I care about. Yeah. That's it. I'm tired of living a, not that I live it now, but I have lived it, and I don't ever want you to live a superficial, existential relationship with Jesus. It cannot be something that exists in theory. There are too many theoretical Christians. Wow. Ouch. 
we need to be the one because you don't get no benefit from theory. You only get benefit from practice. I want this for you. I'm not asking from you. And that's going to be our focus this year. And if you get nothing else out of this year, I promise 2023 will be the year you learn to pray. If it costs me everything, it will be the year you learn to pray. But like, this is the 15th sermon on prayer yet. And are you praying? Then we're going to do 16 next Sunday. I'm going to give you my, my series. It's, it comes from the book. It comes from actually the New Testament. I'm going to be sharing from three different books that Paul wrote from. When we say that a, there's a book in the Bible, we actually are referring to a letter in the Bible. Most of the uh, books in the New Testament, at least, are letters. Two-thirds of the ones in the New Testament were written by an apostle named Paul. When an apostle, who is a church starter or a church planter, writes a letter, it's called an epistle. I just like to teach when I can. Um, so you need to know that just because you might think that an epistle is uh, the wife of an apostle. And that's not true. <laughs> Pastor joke. Uh, it's, a, it's a letter that, uh, that an apostle writes. And he, he, wrote, he wrote a couple of them. Um, and in three of them, he says the same thing. Now, how many people know when something is important, you repeat it? So maybe we ought to lean in if in three different seasons of Paul's life, he says the same thing to different churches at different times. Lean in. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. If not, you can read along with me on the screen. Rejoice always. Pray at all times. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 6, 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times. Pray with all kinds of prayers and ask for everything you need. To do this, you must always be ready. Never give up. Always pray for all God's people. Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 3. Give yourselves to prayer at all times, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. The title of today's sermon and the title for the next three weeks for this series that we're going to be in is At All Times. At All Times. How do you pray at all times? All of these passages were very enigmatic to me, very mysterious to me. I didn't know how to interpret them when I first read them because when you read things in the Bible, there's a lot of ways to interpret them. You can interpret them symbolically. You can interpret them metaphorically. You can interpret them prophetically. You can interpret them historically. You can even interpret them literally. So for a second, I started to wonder, am I to interpret this verse literally? These verses, am I to pray at all times? Am I supposed to be that guy on the bus just muttering to themselves while people wonder if I have some type of mental health condition? I'm just speaking up. I, I don't know. Look, that's a lot of pressure if I have to preach, if I have to pray at all times because I love the Lord, but I like TV. Anybody like TV? Like, I don't want to be called out, but I mean, I have one. And I like, I like TV, so I don't understand. Should I not watch TV and should I instead be praying instead of watching TV? I don't know how it works. I, I love God, but I like date night. God is beautiful, but so is Pastor Liz. And God is great, but she a better kisser. And so what do, do, I, do I not go on date night? Do I say, baby, we can't have date night tonight. Why? At all times. You get to your side of the room, I'll get to my side of the room, we'll pray at all times. I love God, but I, I go to the gym. Notice I didn't say like. <laughs> I don't like it, but I go. Should I not? Or, or if I go, am I supposed to be listening to worship music the entire time? Because I don't think I can. I cannot worship God and deadlift at the same time. I, something's got to give. <laughs> Can't do it. And like all of us, we have careers. We work. We have jobs. There's time that is already claimed on our schedule and on our calendars. How is it possible for someone to pray at all times? What does Paul mean? What's God trying to tell us? Before we can understand what it means to pray at all times, we must first understand the opposite. So what is the opposite of praying at all times? Like, if I've got to get that, then I've got to understand the alternative so that I can know how that is different than the alternative. And the alternative to praying at all times is quite simply to pray at certain times. To pray at certain times. And I think there are three times 
in a person's life when they pray, mostly. Number one, I think we pray the times when we need him. When we need him, we pray. And this is actually not bad. The truth is, anytime we pray is good. There's no bad time to pray. I would take it a step further, and I would say praying when we need him would actually be perfect if we only knew just how much we needed him. The, the problem isn't praying when we need him. The problem is thinking we only need him when we're in a crisis. I don't just need God to figure out my next step in life, y'all. That might be a time when we pray. Do I step into this relationship, Lord? I need to know. Help me. Do I step out of this relationship? I need to know. Do we get divorced? Do I start that business? Do I sell the business? I need to know. Do we pursue this cancer treatment or that cancer treatment, Lord? I need to, or no treatment, Lord? I need to, do I move? Is it time to move to another city or state? That's my time in Florida coming I need to know. But listen, you don't need God's help just to take the next step in life. Lean in here. You need God's help to take the next step. Did you hear me? You need God for all the things. You don't just need God to help you remember the answers for the test that you studied when you was a kid. Remember that? Right before you took that test, you'd be praying, Lord, I pray. I'm not asking for the answers. Just bring to remembrance the answers that I study. You didn't know the answer. You just circled C on your test for Christ. That's it. Drawing crosses on your Scantron, you know, just Lord Jesus, just help me, Lord. You don't just need God to remember the answers for the test at school. You need God to remember the promises for life's tests. You don't just need God when your kid's in jail. You need God when your kid's in school. You, you need him for that too. I need him to wake up. I need him to go to sleep. I need him to move. I need him to eat. I need him for all things. People often meet God in the midst of a crisis and that's not bad. The only problem is that when the crisis subsides, as does their connection. This life becomes exhausting if the only time you pray is in a crisis. Because that would be like the only time you breathe is when you're about to suffocate. You can't live that way. You can survive that way, but I don't just breathe to survive. I breathe to live. The other time we pray are the times when we go to church. The times when we go to church. Again, this is not bad. This is great. I work at a church. <laughs> Church is awesome. You know, it's great. And, and I'm not coming for you. I'm not judging you. I'm just making an observation during that worship moment when your hands was lifted and you were singing this. For some of us, that was the only time we prayed all week. I'm not trying to make you feel bad or feel guilty. I'm just saying, in fact, I'm really just extending an invitation because I don't know if you know, but this doesn't have to be the only place you lift your hands. This doesn't have to be the only place you worship. This doesn't have to be the only place you sing songs. This doesn't have to be the only place you pray. In fact, it shouldn't be because if it were, then that would mean you do not have a relationship. You have a religion. And a religion is a poor substitute for relationship. Don't, don't, don't buy that. Don't buy into that. It's so much more than that. It's bigger than that. Matthew chapter 27, verse 51. At that moment, the moment Jesus died, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. I want to leave this verse on the screen for a moment as I just teach a little bit here so you can understand exactly what's happening. So at that moment, that's the moment that Jesus died on the cross. The curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two. You need to understand the temple and you need to understand the curtain. In, in Judaism or in ancient Judaism, before the temple was destroyed uh, by Emperor Nero in the first century, all of the Jews had to travel to Jerusalem and go to church to speak to God. 
His presence was believed to be in a box known as the Ark of the Covenant. You've probably seen it on Indiana Jones. If not, it's this gold box with angels, seraphim with their wings like that. And then covering that box was this curtain. And the reason why that curtain was there is because God is holy. He is pure. Humans, we make poor decisions. And so our poor decisions lead to pain and hurt. And anytime we bring pain or hurt into the world, we've done something called sin. And sin and holiness mix like oil and water. It just doesn't happen. Is it okay to do a little Bible teaching for a second? Because you got to understand this part. And so, so, so what happened was we couldn't get into the presence because we were not holy. So the curtain was there to protect us from the holiness of God because to step into the holiness of God as an imperfect person would be to step a thousand miles away from the sun with no sunblock on. It just would consume you. So the tent was there to protect us. But when Jesus died on the cross, he took on him all of the sin of the world. And in that moment, you and I received a holiness, not through our own righteousness, but through the imputed righteousness of Christ. So in essence, it's you can't pass the test. So you give the test to Jesus. He passes the test for you and writes your name on the top. So now you became holy. So now you became holy. Now we don't need the curtain anymore. So when Jesus died as a symbol, the curtain split in half as God's way of saying, you can come to me whenever you want. Not only that, he was also saying, and by the way, I'm no longer in a box. I'm going to come out of here and I want to be with you at home and I want to be with you in your job and I want to be with you in life. You don't got to come to me anymore. I want to come to you. Let's make it together. You know, we talk a lot about this building and, 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 this bu- and wanting to buy this building and us needing $10 million. And I, and I believe that and I love that I believe there's a vision for this. I'm just praying that some Orlando Magic player gives his life to Jesus in this church and just hears the story and just $10 million, we'll get the whole building for free. That'd be awesome. But I remember bringing it to the Lord one time and I could really feel the Lord just push on me. He goes, you know, I know how hard you're trying to get into this building. I just want you to know, even though you've been trying to get in here for four years in this building, I've been trying to get out of a building for thousands. I don't want to be trapped in a place anymore. I want to start living in your homes. I want to start living in your families. I want to start living in your workplaces. I want to start living in your schools. I want to start living in your cafeterias. Zane uh, came to a service that I preached at a while back. I took the boys. We went out. I preached the message. He came to the altar. Zane is my nine-year-old. He came to the altar. I was like nervous. I know what to do. Do I pray for him? Do I not pray for him? Does he pray for him? Get away. That's my son. I'm going to pray for him. And I prayed for my son, and as I laid hands on my son, the presence of God fell on my son's life. He started to cry and weep and shake and just break under the Spirit of God. I thought, wow, it's so beautiful. I get chills thinking about it now. It was amazing. We got in the car. He looked at me. He said, Dad, that was awesome. I said, I know. God is beautiful, isn't he? He goes, yeah. And then he said this. He said, I can't wait to the next service so we can do it again. (laughs) And I was encouraged because I think I could point to the day that my son fell in love with God. But I also saw an educational moment. I said, Papi, that's awesome. But just so you know, we don't got to wait to the next service. And we went home that night and we went in his bedroom. I said, what if we invited God's presence right before bedtime right now? And we put our hands and we got on our knees. Lord, Holy Spirit, would you come fill this bedroom right now like you filled that sanctuary right now? Because the altar is not a building. The altar is my heart. It's Zane's heart. And God, you can fill that right now. So crazy. It's really, it's really oxymoronic. It's counterintuitive that you and I come to church for breakthrough while God is trying to break through in your home. God is trying to break through in your marriage. He's trying to break through in your bedroom. He's trying to break through in the bank. He's trying to break through in the business. He's trying to break through at the office. He's trying to break through in your Zoom meeting. Do <laughs> you imagine that? Where'd Bill go? I don't know. <laughs> he, was, he was in the box for a second ago. Then he just started lifting his hands. And- <laughs> Speak in some kind of other language. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> or weird. I don't know, but it'd be one. they remember. I tell you that. <laughs> and lastly, listen, I think, and I'm here. I got to admit, I'm here. We pray, listen, the times when we schedule it. The times when we schedule it. Now, this is not bad. None of the times are bad. Nothing wrong with scheduling it. Daniel prayed three times a day morning, afternoon, and night, even when he was threatened to be thrown into the lion's den for praying to God. He said, I got to do it. I can't live without prayer. He prayed three times a day. 
I pray regularly in the morning. I pray uh, in the the evening with my wife all the time. Sometimes I'll throw in a lunchtime prayer. Praying in a scheduled time is not bad. It's good. It's called intentionality. You got to schedule the things that matter. You schedule birthday parties. You schedule dates. You schedule appointments. You schedule meetings. You schedule all those things. So why not schedule time with God? That's great. Listen, we just can't allow a relationship to become a routine. We got to be aware of the same thing in date night. My, my wife and I have date night every Monday night. Every Monday night we have date night. But we, we can't, we got to be careful that date night does not become synonymous with watching TV. Watching TV is not a problem. But if the whole time we're there watching TV, not talking to each other, then we're not really connecting. Are you with me? Yeah. It's really easy to set a time for God and then force God to live within that time. And we got to be careful because God doesn't want to be just another thing on your to-do list. Think about the things that are on your to-do list. Brush teeth. Make bed. Mow lawn. Take vitamins. All these things are good. But I'm not excited about any of them. I don't want God to be one of those categories. He's good for me, but I don't really look forward to him. But I got to make sure I do it. He cannot be something. I wrote it like this, and maybe you can remember it this way. The hardest box for God to break out of is a checkbox. Prayed, did it. Read my Bible, did it. It's a challenge. We can't allow that to become. God is not something you do. He's someone you get to know. So here, and I got to admit, this is where I'm at. I schedule prayer, but there's an echelon above this. There's a fourth way to pray. And I got to be honest, I have not arrived there yet. But I also am honest in that I have been trying to grow in this area, like throughout the week, throughout last week, for this whole year, I've been trying to grow to this area. And that's not praying at certain times. That's praying at all times. You know, you can pray at all times. You can do it and it can become automatic. Like you don't even think about it. Like, you know what else is like that? Breathing. When was the last time you thought to breathe? Let me breathe real quick. No. It's, it's automatic. You do it because you've gotten used to it. It's a part. Praying can be like breathing. In fact, it should be like breathing because prayer is to your soul what breathing is to your body. You don't move without it. You don't move without it. You got to live without it. And I'm telling you, it can get to the point where you don't even think about it. It happens automatically. And I want to teach you how. First, I'm going to teach you why it's important. It's important that we pray at all times because we forget. We forget. Pray at all times because we forget. You know, throughout Scripture, God reminds us to remember because he understands that he created us forgetful. Forgetting can be an amazing thing to use in the right moment. Like when the Israelites came out of Egypt after 450 years of slavery, and then they start getting hungry. They, they look at Moses, who was the one that helped get them out, and they go, we want to go back to Egypt. They had good food. And I'm like, did you forget? Y'all were slaves for 450 years. So I think in one essence, it might be good, I guess, that you forget your, your, your shame. You forget your guilt. I think that's good. I don't think we should let the devil remind us of who we were or try and trap us in a rerun of our old selves. We need to be able to step forward. We need to be able to step into this new person. It's good if you forget the shackles and the shame. Just don't forget the victories and the blessings. While they're complaining about food, y'all, manna is falling from heaven. I'm not even talking about remembering the blessings and victories from from four years ago. I'm talking about you woke up this morning and God blessed you and you forgot it, not four years later, four hours later. Don't forget that even waking up, have you forgotten what happened four hours ago? You woke up. You had a roof over your head. You came to church in a vehicle. Maybe you walked, but you walked. Are you with me? You got to remember, you can't forget. Don't allow forgetting because when we forget, we remove, we leave, can't do it. Remember the blessings today. Tell your neighbor, when we forget, we freak out. When we forget, we freak out. You got to remember who God is. I told you I went on vacation recently. It was in Colorado. 
Here is the picture of where I vacationed. This is not like a picture of Colorado. This is like where we vacationed to. This is the resort we were at. It was awesome. I'm not rubbing it in your face, but it was awesome. So beautiful and amazing. We went skiing. We were skiing for the first time. Our family had never been skiing before. Our kids had never even seen snow before. This was the first time they had ever seen snow. All they wanted to do was do snowballs and snowmen and snow angels. And I was like, we're going skiing. They're like, we don't want to. I was like, pay a lot of money. <laughs> we're going skiing. How many people enjoy skiing? You ski? Yeah. That's a rich man's sport right there. <laughs> Trying to buy a building. You want to help us out? <laughs> nah. Expensive going skiing, man. We went, now listen, this is exactly where we went skiing. We like, we went down that trail right there. Like that was it. But I got to be honest, we did not take that picture. We did not take that picture. Do you know why we did not take that picture? Because we were too busy. Not dying. <laughs> We'd never skied before. We went to an indoor ski place here in Winter Park. And, and, and we took five lessons. And at the end of those lessons, they said, you're ready. <laughs> we were not ready. Kids were flailing all over the place. Liz was crying. I'm trying to keep everybody together. It took us an hour and a half to get down a mountain that took the average skier 20 minutes to get down. An hour and a half. We saw every corner of that mountain. We started naming squirrels. It was, so, it was, it was a very embarrassing, tough moment for all of us. But while we were fighting through the frustration, I just gathered the family together. I said, listen, can we just stop for a second? <laughs> Let's come out of that cloud of, of snow right there. Just come, just come out of that cloud. I was like, can we just stop for a second? And I, I told everybody, I said, can we just look around? And then we saw this. I said, I know we're not having the best time right now. But just time out. That's beautiful, isn't it? It's beautiful. I know sometimes life can feel like you are tumbling down a mountain trying to ski. But in the midst of it all, can we just come up for one second, take a look and see how beautiful life actually is and how beautiful your life actually is. Just take a second. It's, it's bad, but look around, y'all. When we pray throughout the day, we force ourselves into an awareness of the blessings of God. We force ourselves into it. Even if it's tough, even if it's a challenge, we look around and we go, hey, we might be tumbling down this mountain, but at least we tumbling it down together. High five justice. High five Zane. High five Liz. Now let's keep going. You know, just, it's that, like, I, I, I'm not into uh, TikTok or Instagram very much. I, I haven't been on it. I, I, I just gotta, I don't even have a TikTok, but I see some of the videos, and apparently this song got real popular in January, and, and I don't know if you know it. If you're Gen Z, you know it. If you're a millennial, you're hearing it for the first time. But if you know it, maybe you can, you can sing it with us, but it just, I just had to sing it because it just encapsulated what I'm trying to say. Lord, I thank you for sunshine, thank you for rain, thank you for joy, thank you for pain. It's a beautiful day, it's a beautiful day. Yeah, all the Gen Z people. <laughs> Millennials and boomers are like, great song. <laughs> At all times, in sunshine and in rain, it's still a beautiful day. God is beautiful, and sometimes we forget. We gotta pray at all times, hear me, because as humans, we fade. We fade, we fade. Passion is a lot like fire, passion. And you get passionate about anything. Passionate about your job, passionate about CrossFit, passionate about food, passionate about a relationship. In this context, passionate about God. All passion is like a flame. First off, you know, it's, it's hot and it's energetic and it's awesome. But when you got passion, first thing you got to do is, is, is fickle. It's fire, but it's fickle. And you got to be careful who you get around because if you get around the wrong people, sometimes they're words. You ever been excited about something and then you get around somebody and they say something stupid and all of a sudden you're not excited no more? You're like, what happened? 
I'm getting baptized this Sunday. That's awesome. Let's see how long it lasts. Why you got to project on me your disillusionment with church? I didn't. I don't know why. Right? I just found somebody. Oh, that's awesome. Another one? Why you got to project on me your relationship history? It's not. Be careful. That's what some fire you share, some fire you guard. And the only difference is who you're around when you do it. Be careful. You might try and share your fire and get it extinguished in the attempt. So don't, the Bible says don't throw your pearls to pigs. Be careful. That's a real Bible verse. Jesus came in hot with that one. Sometimes you got to be afraid. Your passion, listen, your passion, maybe it won't be blown out by the discouragement of others, but sometimes... Oh, it broke. (laughs) But sometimes the worries of this world, hmm? the worries of this world will drown out your passion. You're passionate about God, and then all of a sudden you got to pay some bills. You're like, God's cool, but what am I going to eat? I love Jesus, but I need a house. I'm sick. My business is in danger. I don't know what to do next. And this passion for the Lord gets drowned out by the worries of this world. But there's another way in which our passion is extinguished, and it's so simple, but we miss it. We miss it. Got up on the glove. And it's not that it's blown out, and it's not that it's drowned out. Sometimes our passion It's always this one. You won't see this on YouTube through the magic of editing. The devil is a liar. There we go, there we go. I was like, how can I preach that? And I'm like, I don't have time. Um, That was supposed to happen. <laughs> Somebody, he's going to light another one. Do you see what happened there? Huh? It didn't get blown out. It didn't get drowned out. It burned out. It ran out of wood. I wonder if you've ever been burned out on Jesus. I know there's people here today who would say yes. If he wasn't afraid, that yes would get you in trouble. I don't think I would say that in church, Pastor. Burned out on church. Burned out on serving. Burned out on religion. Burned out on God. A lot of times when we burn out in church, we blame the flame. But it's not the flame's fault. That's just not how passion works. But we'll do that. God's not real. If God was real, my passion would stay burning. Church is full of hypocrites. If the church had nicer people in it, then my passion would stay alive. My passion's not feeding me. If my pastor was feeding me, then my flame was to, it's not the, it's not the flame's fault. Look what Leviticus 6, 12, 13 says. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not go out. This is God speaking to the priest. You and I are a priesthood of believers. The priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and he shall arrange the burnt offering on it. Fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually. It shall not go out. You know what I realized for the first time reading this passage? So there was this altar. It was the brazen altar. It was where they did sacrifices, and this fire literally was not allowed to go out. Do you know how hard it is to keep a fire going 24-7? Have you ever tried to light a fire in the woods? You know what you got to do? Find wood. And it ain't just lying around. It's not Home Depot out there in the forest. You got to go cut down a piece of wood. You got to scrape the wood. You got to find the right piece of wood. You got to make sure it gets dry. And if you run out of wood, then the fire dies. I'm trying to tell you that it's not the flame's fault. It's the fuel's fault. You didn't burn out, you ran out. And if you put fuel on the fire every day as you pray throughout your when we pray throughout our day, we're taking fuel, we're putting it on the fire that is the passion for God in our heart, and that fire stays alive and it keeps burning. My dad grew up in a different era, and every time he would hear this special song on the radio, he would call my mom 
and play it for her. He talked about it at our marriage conference. It, it's a, it was a Stevie Wonder song. It said, I just called to say I love you. Yeah, that one, that one. We're not going to keep singing it, but that one. I thought that was the cutest story until yesterday when I realized that he grew up in an era without cell phones or Spotify. So think about how this worked in practice. I called him. I said, tell me how this worked. He said, well, first you had to wait for the song to be on the radio. <laughs> and so I would, I would, whenever I went to work, I would live by the radio. I would wait for the radio. I would wait for that song to play because they only got one shot. I only had three minutes and 56 seconds. To get. And once that song started playing, he goes, I had to find the phone. Y'all know about this. Phones used to be attached to walls. But they didn't have buttons. They had this little thing you spin around. So my dad had to wait for the song to play on the radio. Then when it did, he had to disconnect the radio. <laughs> Find the phone. In another era of the building, you know? Sorry, I know you're working. Just one second. That was the sound that the spinning thing made. And, and then, and then call, and then right, probably right at the end, I love you. That's Stevie Wonder. You know, just, and I thought, I don't know, man, how much work. But you know why he went through all that work? Because he was trying to put fuel on the fire to make sure that fire, that passion that burned inside of him for my wife, for my mom, and my mom for him, that it kept burning. Look what Romans 12, 11 says. Never let the fire in your heart go out. Keep it alive. Serve the Lord. Look what it says in 2 Timothy 1, 6. Remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. It's our job to keep the fuel on the fire. God sends the flame. We got to keep fueling it. When we pray throughout our day, Oh, that passion for God stays alive. Some of us have given up on prayer. We got to get back there. That's what gets the fire going again. That's what gets it going again. So I'm going to teach you real quick in the next five minutes. This is how easy praying throughout your day is. Let me rephrase that. This is how simple praying throughout your day is. Because simple and easy are two different things. Even simple things take practice. So, so simple. Here, ready? This is how you can pray throughout your day. Two things I'll give you, and then we'll wrap up. Worship team, you can come out. I know I was going to say something else, but you can, you can come out. Number one, how do you pray throughout your day? Instead of talking to yourself, talk to God. This is how I know you can pray at all times. Because you talk to yourself all the time. All the time you talk to yourself. All I'm saying is the next time you think to talk to yourself, pivot and talk to the Lord instead. Whatever you was going to say to yourself, say it to Jesus. Can I show you how it works? Let's say one day you're standing in front of the mirror. Your makeup is done, ladies. Your hair is just right. The mascara is looking just on point. Your teeth are white. The tan is there. Guys, let's say you stand in front of the mirror and your fade is clean. Your beard is edged up just right and you got everything is lined up. Your clothes are, are good. And you look at the mirror and you go, man. I look good. I mean, I'm, I'm tired. I look good. Instead of just saying that to yourself, listen, how about turning that pride into praise? How about you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, hey, Tank. Jesus. <laughs> Lord. Woo. Hey, I'm just saying. You did good, Lord, with Ted right here. Hey. Lord. Hey, way to go. You did good with me. <laughs> After all, confidence isn't a sin. And confidence isn't bad. Not knowing where your confidence comes from is the sin. How about the next time you go to the gym and you go shoot for a new PR, personal record, and you start thinking to yourself, man, I hope I don't hurt myself when I lift this weight. <laughs> Just turn that to the Lord. You walk in the gym, man, I hope, Lord, please don't let me hurt myself. When I go into the gym, Lord, I pray that you would do one of two things. Lord, either give me the focus 
to be here to lift this weight or give me the wisdom to leave that weight on the floor, Lord. Just one or the other. Just have your way, Lord God. Help me. You ever watch a funny movie and you laugh and you think to yourself, man, like I'm talking about like just conversational prayer. You're sitting down a movie, you laugh. Ah, that's so funny. When you laugh, the next time a funny movie makes you laugh, I dare you just be like, Lord, man, that's funny. You are so funny. That's cool. You made him, you made a good one. He's funny. Did you think that was funny? Be careful. <laughs> he would be like, no, actually, I found that offensive. My bad God, changing the channel right now. On to the next. Sorry about that. If you go to work and you hate your job, turn that to the Lord. Lord, I hate my job. I hate it. I promise it won't end where it started. God will meet you in that conversation right there. And maybe in response to your complaint, he begins to fill your heart with gratitude. Lord, I hate your I hate this job you gave me. Oh yeah, you gave me it. Damn, well, I guess thank you for that. I still don't like my boss, but maybe you'll change. Maybe God will change your heart, or maybe he'll leave you the same. But you know why? At least you processed it with the Lord and not your coworker. Just turn it to God. You ever do something that you really feel like you can't do, and before you do it, you're like freaking yourself out? There are those of us who coach ourselves, and then those of us who just make it worse. You know what I'm talking about? Some of us are both of those people at different times. We do something really hard. Maybe it's a meeting that we have to have with an investor, or maybe it's a sale, or maybe it's a, you know, a, a date type of thing, and be like, you, don't, you cannot do this. You can other people talk to us, you got this, you got this. And then the other ones are like, you don't got this. You're getting a bomb. It's not going to go good. Whatever. Bring it to the Lord. Lord, I can't do this. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the wits. I'm freaking out. I don't know how I'm going to get this investor. I don't know how I'm going to get this sale. Lord, I don't know. And I'm scared. Do that. And guess what you just did? You just turned panic into a petition. Because you decided, I'm not just going to pray at 7 a.m. And I'm not just going to pray when I get to church. I'm going to pray at all times. I'm going to live with an awareness of the omnipresence of God. That's the first way you pray at all times. Pray at all times. And listen, by the way, here's another benefit of doing this. You'll never not feel like praying again. I know that's a big promise. But you know why I can make that promise? Because I've learned something. I've learned that when I don't feel like praying, it's because I'm not praying what I feel. I think I have to come to God with this prescribed form and order of prayer. But what I'm really worried about, I'm not bringing to him because it doesn't line up with my idea of what prayer should be. And God is like, if it matters to you, it matters to me. Are you excited? Bring your excitement to me. Are you worried? Bring your worry to me. If you are praying what's in your heart, you'll never not feel like praying because you're praying what you're feeling. Bring that to God. Here's the last way to pray at all times. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times. Pray with all kinds of prayers and ask for everything you need to do this. You must always be ready. Always be ready. When the Bible says pray in the Spirit, it's referring to listening to the inclinations of the Holy Spirit that he speaks throughout the day and you have to be ready, not just to listen, but to respond. I think we think that we can't pray at all times because we think that prayer is us talking to God. But if you understand and accept that prayer is also a conversation, that is not just us speaking to him, but him speaking to us that all of a sudden praying at all times becomes possible because I might not be able to speak at all times but at all times I can since you can't speak to God at all times at all times be ready to listen this is how we can pray at all times be ready to listen to listen to the inclinations of the Holy Spirit as he speaks through us throughout our day listen I've, I've prayed two things this year that I've been asking the Lord two things 
I'm gonna tell you a story really quickly about something, two things that happened this week. I've been praying two things. The first thing I prayed to the Lord is I wanted him to use me to help bring people to Jesus off this pulpit as much as he does on it. One day it hit me that the thousand people who gave their lives to Jesus last year, all of them, I was here behind a pulpit preaching. And I thought, is this my career or my calling? If this is my career, then I should only be doing this when I'm here. But if this is my calling, then I shouldn't just be preaching on this pulpit. I should be preaching at Publix. I should be preaching at the gym. I should be preaching at CrossFit. I should be preaching at the post office. I should be preaching at Starbucks. If this is my calling, so Lord, give me the courage to use me outside of this environment. That was the first thing I prayed. The second thing I prayed is my prayer for you. And I promise I pray for you all the time. And my prayer for you is this. God, I pray that you would answer their prayers. Why? Because this year is pray first. And I'm like, Lord, I'm telling the whole church to pray. And I think people are going to start praying for the first time. You better show up. <laughs> Lord, I need you to show up. And I'm talking about you like you big. Show up, Lord. I need you to show up and show out. Yeah. Answer their prayers, Jesus. That's my prayer. And so just the other day, I was in, uh, in jiu-jitsu. Not me. My kids go to jiu-jitsu. I was in jiu-jitsu class waiting for them to start. I just got there. I opened up my laptop. I'm working on this sermon. It's this past Tuesday. I'm working on this sermon. And I'm starting to type, and I don't even get one sentence in. And this guy over there taps me on the shoulder. He goes, hey, are you Pastor JJ? And for a second, I thought about fronting. <laughs> He's been like, nah, man, I look like him. I get that a lot. I'm actually a reggaeton singer. If you know, you know. And uh, I thought about it. But then when he tapped me, I saw. He tapped me. And he had his pray first bracelet on. So I was like, oh, he goes to church. I was like, yeah, man. What's up? And uh, our conversation ended up lasting an hour. The whole jiu-jitsu thing. Um, I won't tell you all his business, obviously, because he goes to the church probably in this service right now. <laughs> Although, if you find me out in the wild and you start talking to me, you need to know anything you say can will be used in a sermon <laughs> at some point. Just know it. But for a second, I thought, you know what, I'm really busy. I got to do it. But, but, but as he was, and by the way, I won't tell you his whole thing, but his story was amazing. He was a former gangbanger, former drug addict, and his life changed at this church. Amazing. It's amazing. I didn't know that until we start going. Amazing story. And he starts saying, and, and, and as I'm speaking to him, I felt the Holy Spirit impress on me. Remember when you prayed to be used off the pulpit as much as on the pulpit? I'm answering your prayer. He goes, not only that, I felt the Holy Spirit, he goes, not only that, remember how you prayed that the prayers of the church would be answered? Well, he was going through something. He was going through something tough that week. He goes, and he prayed for a sign from God. And you, JJ, are his sign from God. I'm answering both of your prayers in one moment right here. It was amazing. We got the chance to minister and talk and pray. And, and it was powerful. And I wouldn't miss it if I wasn't ready to listen. And then two days later, the same thing happened at the gym. I'm mid-set <laughs> doing face pulls and somebody comes over Pastor JJ I said here I am Lord <laughs> I'm gonna put this down what's up man and we just did counseling right there prayer believing God's gonna do a miracle quoting Bible verses just because I was ready to listen so let me ask you this question as we close today What's he telling you? Right now. And I think it's one of two things. I think he's telling somebody who's been feeling alone, who's been feeling scared, who's been feeling worried, who's been feeling like they gotta do something big by themselves. I think he's telling you, I'm gonna look into the camera because I feel like it's a word for the Holy Spirit for you today. I think he's telling you, I'm with you. Because the implication of praying at all times 
is that God is with you at all times. There isn't a season in life that you can walk through where God is not present. There isn't a depression or an anxiety or fear that you can endure that would cause God to step out or be absent. He is with you and he is with you at all times. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this room today and that was a word for you, on the count of three, I'm not gonna ask you to come to the front, but I will ask you to raise your hand because I wanna pray with you. You feel alone, you feel like you gotta do it by yourself. You feel like you don't know where to go, what to say. And you're about to take your relationship with God to the next level because you're not gonna leave him here at church in the altar. You're gonna take him back with you to the office. You're gonna take him back with you to that marriage. You're gonna take him back with you to those kids. You're gonna take him back with you. You are not alone. If that's you on three, I want you to raise your right hand just so I know who I'm praying for all over this building. You needed that word today. One, two, three. Right now, shoot that right hand up high all over this building. I see your hand. Thank you for the courage. Thank you for the courage. I just wanna know who I'm praying for. Go ahead and put your hand down. I'm gonna pray for you right now. Begin to open up your mouth and speak to God right now. Come on, pray out loud right now. Father God, I thank you so much for that man. I thank you for that woman. I thank you for that teenager right now who needed a reminder that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You will lead me through paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I believe it. Oh Lord, even in the presence of my enemies, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me every day of my life. God, I pray right now for that person, Lord. I pray that they would realize that at all times, I'm praying for you, at all times you are with them. At all times you are speaking. At all times you are guiding. At all times you are guarding. At all times you are walking with. At all times they are never alone. Help show them they are never, ever, ever alone you are. God is with you. And now make a commitment right there. Lord, I'm going to try this out. I want everybody in church, make that commitment somehow. Begin in your own words. Just, hello, I'm going to try this thing out that he was talking about. It seemed a little weird. seemed a little out there. But I'm going to try talking to God when I eat at this restaurant after church. Just thank him. If the food's delicious, I'm going to give him thanks for the food. It's delicious. Man, that food is good, Lord. I'm going to thank him when I go home, when I kiss my spouse, when I, when I see my, my home, when I get in my car at all times, when I'm at a red light. Thank you, Lord, for developing patience. I'm all times when the business goes well when the business goes bad at all times I'm gonna think about you Lord and I'm gonna speak to you I want to pray for another group of people you heard a different message today the message you heard because you haven't come to church in a long time because you're far from God is come home if you heard that message today come home then on the count of three I want you to raise your hand Holy Spirit is pulling on your heart it's time to come home it's time to come home come home to Jesus he wants you. He's speaking to you. Don't run away from the Spirit of God. If that's you on three, I'm going to invite you to raise your right hand to the Lord as a signal and a sign. I need you, Jesus. And I'm coming. I hear you. All over this building and online, if you need Jesus and you can hear him speak to you today, I'm coming home. One, two, three. Raise your right hand high all over this room right now. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see it. 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 I'm coming home. You can put your hand down. Everybody repeat this prayer after me, whether you raise your hand or not. Father God, I hear your voice. And I'm coming home. Forgive me. Protect me. Jesus, you died for me to have a new life. And today, I live it. I love you, Lord. I want to start new today. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Will you give it up for all those who made that decision for Christ? Come on. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.